And when she said that, I felt really loved and appreciated. I think everybody wants that. And and that, that moment when she said that, I needed to hear that. It's a perfect thing to say at that moment. My hand went into a fist and I looked up and I saw a vision of me standing in front of a group of people speaking, articulating up fluently. And I said to this to myself, I said, I'm going to master this thing called reading and studying and learning. I'm going to master this thing called teaching, healing, and philosophy. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel to whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love. I'm not going to let any human being on the face of the earth stop me, not even myself now. And that was maybe not as articulate at that moment, but that's basically what I said. And I got up and hugged my mom. And I went into my room and I started memorizing 30 words a day in a dictionary. And with my mom, she helped me memorize the words, pronounce the words, spell the words, try to get meaning out of the words so I could grow my vocabulary enough to pass school. So my mom's gratitude and love was, was crucial. Thank you, thank you from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Stay connected to gratitude. Hit the follow button right now and join thousands of listeners tuning in each week. We're the gratitude seekers. Come join us. gratitude seeker welcome to a new episode of the gratitude podcast our guest today has been keeping a gratitude journal every day for 37 years and credits it with helping him to achieve a balanced mind and life he also believes that grat- believes that gratitude is the greatest form of healing and to make things even more um related to gratitude he was actually born on thanksgiving on the thanksgiving day and uh, probably you you might be thinking um, who my guest today is he's also a world leading human behavior ex- expert successful entrepreneur and founder of the De martini institute he has shared the stage as a speaker with the likes of richard branson and deepak chopra and now I'm really happy to have him here on the Gratitude Podcast. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast, Dr. John DiMartini. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So firstly, um, I want to, to thank you for, for being here with us and um, for being such a great example of um, persistence of uh, perseverance with gratitude i've had people on that um, managed to to write every day in their gratitude journal for one year or two but i haven't had uh, had someone who wrote for 37 years so that's that's amazing <laughs> it's actually 48 years i started 48. way back 48 it's uh 
I don't know if you've got a reference on there that's a bit outdated, but it's 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 uh, 48 years I've been teaching and using a journal and documenting what I'm grateful for on a daily basis. So I really started before that because of what my mother taught me when I was four. But formally, I have 30 volumes. <laughs> One of them is, is kind of damaged the... The, the back, the front of it is coming off, but this is one of the volumes. There's 30 of these. Wow. So there's, this is about an eight to 900 page uh, document there, but I keep it every day. I learned a long time ago that if you are grateful for what you have, you get more to be grateful for. And that was something my mom taught me when I was four. That's amazing. And I, I really wanted to, to get to, uh, to speak about this because we have, um, some of our listeners, um, many of our listeners actually are uh, moms. And I think it's such a great lesson, um, not just to learn for yourself about gratitude yeah. and uh, putting it in, into practice, but actually educating your, your children about gratitude. So um, can you uh, tell us a little bit uh, the story, uh, how, how she taught you? Uh, to be grateful and to 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 have this uh, this positive habit. Well, I was getting ready to go to bed, and she was tucking me in, and she says, "Make sure as you drift off into the dream, into the sleep, to think about what you're grateful for for the day, because those that are grateful for what they have and get to do and get to be." Um, those are the ones that end up receiving more things to be grateful for. So I wrote a book called count your blessings, the gratitude, the power of gratitude and love uh, 20 something years ago now, 24 years ago. And before my mom passed as a kind of a contribution back to my mom because of it. And um, so I was able to get that to her before she passed, but yeah, gratitude unquestionably affects and assists in every one of the primary areas of life that we want to develop and empower. So, yeah, that, I, I've been doing that since she taught me that. She said that to me uh, at, at four years old. Wow. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, it, it talks a lot about the impact that one loving mother can have on the world actually right like your impact you've impacted the world in in a huge way and uh, it was in part thanks to her right to to what she uh what she did for you and uh, what she taught you i think that's that's amazing well you know my mom <clears throat> did another thing that was pretty amazing when i was young <clears throat> i had a speech impediment i was born with a speech impediment I didn't speak at one and a half years old. I had to go to a speech pathologist and put strings and buttons in my mouth and do all these exercises to try to get my mouth to properly work. And when I got into first grade, the teacher said, I'm afraid your son's not going to be able to read or write or communicate effectively. Never mount thing, never go very far in life. I left school when I was a young boy and never finished high school. I took a GED later, which is a school equivalent to it. And then went back into school afterwards, later, once I learned how to read at age 18. <clears throat> but I failed my uh, first classes when I tried to go on to school, when I returned to school at 18. And I was really devastated by it because I got an average grade of 27 instead of 72. 72 is passing. You needed an 80 or 90 to get go somewhere. 
and I was getting 27. I couldn't, I couldn't get, it wasn't going to work. And I was really crying on the living room floor one time underneath this Bible stand that she had in the, in the living room. And she said, she saw me crying and she said, what happened? son? what's wrong? And I said, I blew the test again. I guess I don't have what it takes. I guess I'll never be able to read and write, communicate effectively. And um, she said something to me that was really empowering. She put her hand on my shoulder and she said, son, whether you um, go on to be a teacher and overcome your learning problems and go out and teach around the world like your dream, whether you return to Hawaii, because I lived in Hawaii um, during my teenage years surfing big waves, whether you return back to Hawaii and surf giant waves again, or you return to the streets, because I, I lived on the streets for a while. Um, she said, no matter what you decide to do, your father and I are going to love you no matter what. And when she said that, <clears throat> I felt really loved and appreciated. I think everybody wants that. And, and that, that moment when she said that, I needed to hear that. It's a perfect thing to say at that moment. My hand went into a fist, <clears throat> and I looked up, and I saw a vision of me standing in front of a group of people speaking, articulating up fluently. And I said to this to myself, I said, I'm going to master this thing called reading and studying and learning. I'm going to master this thing called teaching, healing, and philosophy. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel to whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love. I'm not going to let any human being on the face of the earth stop me, not even myself now. And that was maybe not as articulated at that moment, but that's basically what I said. <clears throat> and I got up and hugged my mom. <clears throat> and I went into my room and I started memorizing 30 words a day in a dictionary and with my mom, she helped me memorize the words, pronounce the words, spell the words, try to get meaning out of the words so I could grow my vocabulary enough to pass school. So my mom's gratitude and love was, was crucial. Wow. That's, that's such an amazing story. And I can only imagine how, how it felt for you. And uh, I totally resonate with that because in, in my own quest for uh, mm -hmm. understanding life and uh, the world, uh, gratitude and love were the things that I found um, in in most of the the philosophies, in most of um, um, the the spiritual perspectives, um, and. This this is again for me. It's a it's a great reminder that these are uh, extremely important for for us as humans, and there is a reason why why they are so so powerful. Well, and, you know, uh, our, our 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 forebrain, the front part of our brain, is the gratitude center. So our most advanced part of our brain is designed for grace. Wow. It's designed to be objective and to be able to mitigate risks and see opportunities and take advantage of opportunities and take action towards an inspiring mission and vision and message into the world. And so I really believe that we're designed for that. And there's a difference between superficial gratitude and deep, meaningful gratitude or grace. When things, when somebody gives us something and does something for us that aligns and supports what our values are, it's easy to say gratitude, you know, thank you. But when things challenge it, we don't always see how it's going to serve us. So real grace occurs when you're able to see that the things that challenge you have a hidden order in them 
and you can see beyond your apparent chaos and see that and discover the real meaning behind what is happening. And notice if all of a sudden we're a bit cocky and somebody criticizes us, it's actually helping us become authentic. And so if we can actually stop and not just be grateful for things that are make it easy, you know, supportive, but actually take on the challenging, when we can embrace the support and the challenge equally, the praise and reprimand equally, as the Buddha says, without reaction and grace, then we have a deeply meaningful grace that guides our life to authenticity and to contribution. And I think that's what philanthropic component means to love of human beings, regardless. Like the sun, you know, shines on the, the saint and the sinner, the supporter of the challenger. If we want to be enlightened in our own life, we need to be able to embrace and have gratitude for both sides and see how we can use it on the way. The quality of our life is basically acquire the questions asked. If we ask, how is whatever's happening, supportive or challenging, how is it helping us fulfill what we feel is deeply important, meaningful, our value, and, and what we want to do in this world? And I think that's a true gratitude that's, that occurs regardless of the outer circumstances. And I try to keep records of both of those, the opportunities and the, and the challenges, you know, the, 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 the pros and the cons, and see both of them with, with gratitude. That's the real test. That's what lets you sleep at night. Because otherwise, if you're only grateful for one half, when the other half you feel ungrateful and you're polarized, and then you have this kind of split instead of the synthesis. So being grateful for whatever happens, both sides, and discovering by asking questions, intuitive questions, how is this on the way, not in the way? How is it helping me get what, uh, what I feel my mission is? And that is liberating, and that's what I document daily. Wow, that, that's wonderful. And I was thinking um, of asking you of one example, but you actually already shared it with us. Um, basically, um, the, the situations that you had when you were a child and how you were able to actually become uh, such an important communicator in the world in, in spite of, of those problems. I think that's that's the best kind of example, isn't it? <laughs> when, when, I, when I failed that test and she said that and I started memorizing the words, 30 words a day grows pretty quickly. At the end of 100 days times 30, that's 3,000 words. Wow. <laughs> that's 6,000 words at 200 days. That's uh, 10,000 words at the end of the year. And so 10,000 words you can catch up. And we were like machines, clockwork. She really held me accountable. And she didn't have a high education. She was high school. But what she did was a crossword puzzle. She was a master of crossword puzzles, did crossword puzzles every day. So she loved the idea that I was doing words because it was right in line with her thing. So she was as accountable to doing it because it helped her get what she wanted, new words. And so that was really part of the perfection of it. But as my vocabulary grew and I learned how to read, I never wanted to put a book down. I started reading 18 to 20 hours a day to try to catch up. I've been blessed to read now over 30,500 books now. My God. And, uh, and that's because of my mom and the gratitude she gave me. But now what you can do is you can stand on the shoulders of giants by taking an entire life's worth of knowledge and devouring it and, minutes or hours uh, in a book and then stand on those shoulders. So I think that the gratitude opened up the doorway for me to be able to expand my awareness and therefore potential. So I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, one person with one idea like a mom can make a difference 
very quickly in a human being's life. Definitely, definitely. And um, I think th this is another uh, important part of gratitude, the fact that you appreciated the fact that you were able to read um, and to, to find out so many things, you appreciated that so much that you, like you said, you devoured uh, a lot of knowledge and you were able to, to stand on the shoulders of giants and do some uh, some amazing things with that with that knowledge as well. I, I think that's that's a, such a great example for for us and uh, such a great inspiration. But I also wanted to touch on on something else. I know that you believe that um, gratitude is the greatest form of healing. Uh, can you expand a little bit on this? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I found out that the true grace occurs when you have a perfectly balanced mind. See, when you're infatuated with somebody, you're conscious of the upsides and unconscious of the downsides, and you have a split mind, and the conscious and unconscious split gets stored in the subconscious mind and runs physiology. If you're resentful to something, and you're conscious of the downside and unconscious of the upside, again, you have a split mind, and that split mind is stored in the subconscious mind, and it runs psychology and philosophy and, and, and physiology. So it runs your body because it makes you <clears throat> seek and avoid and makes you function from the amygdala, which is a lower cortical area, subcortical area that is involved in subjective bias and survival. So you go into survival, which is sort of a threatening mechanism. And so it affects the kind of an entropy, a breakdown in the body. But when you see both sides of an event, Wilhelm Wandt, who's a, a psychologist over 120 years ago, uh, said that there are simultaneous contrast and sequential contrast that we are, can become aware of. If we're able to see both sides of an event at the same time, we become centered and the blood glucose and oxygen goes into the forebrain, the executive center, which brings self-governance to physiology and brings wellness. It activates the supercosmic nucleus over the, over the optic nerves, which is involved in the circadian rhythm cycles. It activates the hypothalamus that helps regulate the autonomics. It helps regulate the pineal, which helps deal day and night cycles for resting and sleep. The second we are actually able to see both sides of an event equally, we have true gratitude. And therefore, gratitude is a confirmation of authenticity. Because if we're infatuated with somebody, we tend to minimize ourselves. And when we minimize ourselves, we're not being authentic. And when we resent somebody, we tend to exaggerate ourselves next to them and we're not authentic. But when we actually have reflective awareness and have equanimity within us and equity between ourselves and others and just love people and have gratitude for them, we bring authenticity, we bring the forebrain into activity, and we bring physiological homeostasis and balance, which heals. So true gratitude is able to see both sides for who they are, not just one side. Because the person you're infatuated with, it's just a matter of time before you end up presenting them because they're not living up to the fantasy. And both of those, the, when you're infatuated, you fear the loss of them. When you're resentful, you fear the gain of them. So you have a subconscious storage of fear. But when you actually just love somebody, you're, they're free to come and go. You don't fear the loss of them. You don't fear the gain of them. There's a resilience and adaptability, which creates a heart rate variability that expands, which allows us to add telomeres to our our genes and actually activate our, our telencephalon, which is our forebrain, and allows us to have fulfillment and grace and foresight and inspiration 
and absolutely brings physiological healing. I mean, I could go into much more depth, but, but the autonomic nervous system responds to a balanced mind. And a balanced mind is what is actually grace and grateful. You see the hidden order in the apparent chaos. That's real grace. That's real gratitude. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I've interviewed, I think, more than 200 people on, on gratitude. And uh, th this is quite a, a really unique and very deep perspective and uh, a very powerful one. I, I really love it. And I, I, it, it really makes me think, and I'm sure that uh, it's, it's going to make uh, our audience think as well uh, about what gratitude actually is and um, how it's actually uh, put into action. Um, I would definitely love to, to find out more about how this, um, how we can actually do it. Like, uh, for instance, if we have a situation that's, uh, that's difficult right now, um, let's say uh, we're not getting along with someone that's important for us or, or something like this. Uh, how can we bring gratitude to that situation? Like, um, I, I just want to, to get a really uh, specific example so that our audience can can uh, can think about their own situations and find out how they can apply this. Sure. So let's say you run into somebody that's challenging you and saying things that challenge you and you have a natural withdrawal uh, response to them and you feel hurt or upset. Uh, what we found out is that whatever you perceive in others is a reflection of what you're actually judging in you. So in other words, what you see, and this is, this is ancient, this is nothing new, this has been handed down from, from ancient Greeks in many, many countries. So the wisest thing to do when somebody's doing something that you're challenged by is realize that you're probably doing something yourself that challenges their values or they wouldn't be doing it. Each individual has a unique set of values that are fingerprint specific. And everybody lives according to their values and makes decisions and perceives and acts according to what their values are. If you self-righteously think that your values are superior to theirs, you'll talk down to them and they'll tend to critique you and challenge you back. If you tend to minimize yourself and talk up to them, you'll tend to internally beat yourself up. But if you actually look across at them and realize that your values are not better or worse than their values, just different. And you can ask, what are their values? And how do I communicate what I want to say in terms of their values? So they're helping them get what they want, and they turn around and help you get what you want. You're less likely to have a, a challenging individual there because now they're helping, you're helping get what they want. That opens them up. But if they challenge you, the thing to do is to go inside and ask yourself a simple question. What specific trait, action, or inaction, or behavior do I perceive this individual displaying or demonstrating that I dislike, despise, or resist, or resent the most? And get really clear on what it is instead of just a vague idea of, I don't know what it is, but they, they just bug me. I don't, I don't like them. Get specific, because once you're specific, you can then ask this question. Go to a moment to yourself. Go to a moment, me. And... And go to a moment where and when I perceive myself displaying or demonstrating that same or similar trait, action, or inaction that I perceive in them. And look carefully and don't say, I don't know, I can't find it, and be proud and avoid things and be too superior and proud to admit what you see in them is inside you. Just go and dig and find it. 
Now, I've been doing that for nearly 40 years with people, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands. And there's not anything you will ever perceive on the outside that you judge that you won't find on the inside or you wouldn't judge it. You only judge and critique and ridicule other people for their behavior when it reminds you of something you've done in your, your, yourself. And they're coming into your life to make you see what you haven't loved in yourself to help you love it. So you then go in and identify where you've done it and keep listing where you've done it until the quantity and quality is equal to what you see in them. And that levels the playing field. And then you realize that I'm pointing at them, but I'm looking back at me and I realize they brought into my awareness what I've not loved about myself. Then the third thing you ask is go to a moment where and when you perceive them actually displaying or demonstrating this behavior. And then ask in that moment and from that moment till now, how did it serve me? How is it helping me fulfill what I value most? How is it helping me spiritually, intellectually, in business, in my financial development, in my family, in my social life, in my physical health? How is it helping me? Because it's not what happens to you. It's your perception of it, what you decide to do with it, and the actions that come out of it. If we blame people on the outside, Epictetus says people, when they first start their journey, they blame others, then they blame themselves, and then they finally transcend with gratitude and realize there's nothing to blame. It's a feedback to try to make us authentic. Everything that's going on is trying to get us back into authenticity and back into our hearts so we can be grateful for our life. So this individual that we think is our enemy is actually our gift. And you go in there and find out how it benefits. And don't stop until the benefits equal the drawbacks. And when they're level and playing field, you have a reflective awareness. The seer, the seeing, and the seeing are the same. Your heart back opens again. You realize there's nothing there to judge in the first place, nothing to for forgive, nothing to resent. There's just a lesson about yourself that you got to grow from. And now you have grace and gratitude for the chaos, the challenge. And you open your heart, and you become more resilient and adaptable and more empowered because it has nothing to do with the world out there. And it helps you break your fantasy that life's supposed to always be supportive. People that get only supported stay juvenile dependent. People that get challenged become precociously independent. You put the two together and see them simultaneously, as what it says, then you end up in grace because you realize that you need both for life. You need both to grow. That's why if you had an overprotective mother, you might have had a more assertive father. Or if you had a mother and father that were overprotective, your brother and sister came and give you a hard time. There's always a pair of support and challenge in the family to make sure you maximally grow. Because maximum growth and development occurs at the border of support and challenge. And true gratitude is the realization of that. False gratitude or superficial gratitude is only when it supports you. And then when it challenges you, you're not grateful. And that's why you end up bipolar with gratitude instead of consistent with gratitude. Wow. Wow. I, I love this. And it makes so much sense. And it's... Um right on point with uh, with so many of my own challenges and uh, my own uh, uh, difficulties with gratitude and uh, yeah I'll have to, to re-listen to this myself because uh, it's really powerful and uh, it's it's really something that uh, we should all uh, do our best to internalize because it's it's a real gift it's something that will be supporting us for for all of our lives so Thank you so much for, for all, all of the things that you've shared and for, for being here with us, um, um, Dr. DiMartini. It's been a real pleasure having you on. Let, the, let us know, let our audience know uh, where can they uh, find more of your work, um, your books, and, and everything, the best way to, to get in touch. Well, the simplest way to reach me is uh, 
or find out about what I'm doing, I guess, is, is just go to my website, drdmartini.com, D-R-D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. On there is, under the media, for instance, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews that they can, you know, get an education from. There are YouTube videos by the hundreds or thousands. There's there's uh, online programs. There's videos. There's CDs, DVDs. There's there's all kind of stuff. It's an educational website. There's also a value determination process that's free and complimentary and private that determine what you really value in life so you can structure your life wisely. And it also gives you an events calendar where I'm speaking for public events. Many of them are private, but some for public and all the webinars we do online. So they can go on there and that, that gives you a, that'll give you a good starting point. And, uh, but it's an educational website. You can, you could just spend the rest of your life on there and probably not, you probably wouldn't be able to get it all done. There's so much on there of education. <laughs> That's so generous of you. Thank you once again for, for being here with us, for, for sharing your wisdom. And um, um, it's been a real honor having you on the Gratitude Podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.